Hello, my name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 478. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And I always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Super Bowl ads and the boringness of last night's Super Bowl. It was a snoozer. It was a snoozer. Hold on. I think I might have a... Snoozer. You, especially compared to the playoff games. I feel like when playoffs. we, when we uh, watch the playoff games. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when, when we're watching the playoff games, they were so intense. Like, I felt like uh. you couldn't look away because there was... And I felt like we did not watch the game. Like Everybody's at, like, this game sucks. At one point, someone got... They got a kick. The Patriots got a kick, right? Mm. And they got their points. And I was like, is that the first time they've made it down that far to even yeah, drive right. for a kick? It was just a battle between the 30 and the 30. They never got past the 30. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I mean, which... I think you would say this, even though you were making fun of it more than I... That demonstrates a level of skill of defense on both sides. For sure, yeah. So it's it just does. was a defensive game. Right, right. It's kind of like how Americans get mad at the Europeans or the South Americans or any other place in the world for having a one nothing soccer match or a 0-0 soccer match because there's no scoring. I'm sure that the world is like, this is your best event because that was a snooze fest because nobody scored. But that's the whole point of the game, keep you from scoring. I know. So it just depends on the lens you look at it. Um, and I was actually rooting for the Patriots, not because I like the Patriots, but my friend is a defensive line coach for them. And um, so congratulations to my friend Brendan Daly, who's a defensive line coach. And uh, But that's really the only reason I was rooting for them. It's hard to root for an L.A. team for me, too. Well... A crazy, crazy thing happened during that game. Uh, what? The Patriots won. Yeah. It was really shocking. <laughs> he's got six rings. It's we were so like, ridiculous. he doesn't have a finger to put that ring on. No, he's got to go to the other hand. He's got to go to the other hand. Um, real quick, we are doing a bringing sex education into the 21st century on Thursday, February 21st, sweetie, in Downers Grove. Oh, good. So the details are going to be on the show notes to this podcast, but if you'd like to join us... I think it's free. Where is it? Downers Grove at Lincoln well, Center it's a Auditorium. Big town. Lincoln okay. Center Auditorium. Okay. And the Eventbrite link will be on there. So from seven to eight thirty, how are we gonna cram this in in ninety minutes? Cram in the sex ed thing? Yeah. Well, we did it before at the library. I think that was two hours, though. Oh, well. Oh, boy. We're going to have to talk less, um, smile more. So can I start with my favorite commercial from last night? Sure. It's probably one of mine, too. I'm only going to play one. I'm going to play the last 30 seconds of it. Sure. It's from the Washington Bo Washington Post. Post. And uh, I think the tagline is, democracy dies in darkness. And that's been their tagline oh, for has? about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to be as powerful because the imagery is not going to be coming through this your headphones or your car stereo, but I'm going to play it anyway. So here we go. Right after Sweetie's done sneezing. Cute. Don't hold it in. Let it out. Sweetie, I'm not holding it in. Pull, I sneezed into the hat. Pull an Al Adams. You're, you're going to wear this later? When my dad sneezes, uh, the what, world shakes. What do you mean your dad? You you now do what he does. <laughs> so it's not just your dad anymore. You do it. And it you didn't used to do that. I've known you for 20 years. 
now all of a sudden in the last couple of years you sneeze like it's a full body sneeze it's really kind of brutal i feel like if i try to hold it in um i might like pull a hammy well what were you doing 30 years before that it's a great question i don't know i just know now if i don't like just let it all out and not try to constrain myself i might hurt myself okay sammy sosa um uh he hurt his back when he was in the middle of his reign as a Chicago Cub, sneezing. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can break a rib. Yeah. There are people who get like, actually, you know what? I take that back. I think it's more like coughing fits. You I think if you have broken ribs and you sneeze, that's bad. Oh, yeah. Because uh, when Skylar had the stomach flu a couple of weeks ago. When she threw up 12 times. Oh, my God. It was brutal. Any of you who are dealing with stomach flu. Actually, it wasn't that brutal. It was just that one night. She was a sweetheart. Yeah. It wasn't. I sh- what was brutal was what she had to go through. But yeah. you and I traded off and we managed. But she, the next morning, kept saying, my ribs hurt. My rib, Or she didn't know what they were. Yeah. She said, right here. And I'm like, those are your ribs. It went from uh, throw up to dry heaves. Well, yes and no, because I don't know what you did when we traded off, but every time after she was done, I would have her drink water and Sprite because yeah. so she would avoid that. And uh, when I saw her like bile, it, it reminded me of when you had me drink some of your martini last Thursday. My, I like dirty martinis and Todd. Olive thinks, juice tastes like bile. It doesn't taste it like does, bile. I'm pretty sure. I think that's being mean to the martini. I think the martini's sad. Martini doesn't have feelings, yes, sweetie. My On Martinis this show, do. we say feel your feelings, but I don't know about. Um, so, anyways, that's the deal. Twenty first century sex talk presented by Zen Parenting Radio. All right. It had four olives in it. Um, so, okay, I forgot where I was. So, here's okay. the last forty seconds of this commercial. Okay. When we mourn and pray, when our neighbors are at risk, when our nation is threatened. There's someone to gather the facts, to bring you the story, no matter the cost. Because knowing empowers us. Knowing helps us decide. Knowing keeps us free. Democracy Dies in Darkness, presented by the Washington Post. I know. It always makes me want to cry when he says democracy helps you decide, or excuse me, it helps you decide. Mm-hmm. Information Knowing helps you helps decide. helps you decide. I mean, I just, it hits me like a, because that's, that's the issue is that we're so unwilling to learn something new or to, or to just listen, period. Yeah. And instead of trying to defend our position that maybe we created, Two years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago, or something we were given when we were born that we never questioned, yeah. then we just defend it. At, at We don't even think about, what is this person trying to say to me, or yeah. what am I missing? And some people do listen. You know, Some people are willing to to um, hear something new. I just I get most frustrated when someone is like, yeah, 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 when there's just no desire to hear. Well, when we live in a digital age where it's becoming harder and harder for platforms like newspapers to make money, we are uh, grateful subscribers to Washington Post and New York Times. Is that what we do? Uh, Tribune, Chicago Tribune, New York Times, and Washington Post. And I have subscribed um, for 
Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. on occasion, mm-hmm. meaning it kind of comes and goes. Yeah. But those three um, are the ones that we give monthly. And I say monthly contributions because I don't think you read them like I do. Uh, Maybe I, you do, and I, I don't know. No, no. The post every now and again, but I don't do any of the others. The nice part about all three of them is when you subscribe, they send you an email of their most read articles. Mm. So every day, there is, and it usually comes in around 10, 30, or 11, or at least the post does. So like if I'm eating lunch or whatever, that's what you I look quickly through. quickly get an update. And and, and that's, it's sometimes articles are too much for me. I'm not reading every single thing, but yeah. I'm seeing the, um, the you know, headlines and I'm seeing the articles I, you know, definitely need to read about. But there's a few things I liked about that commercial besides that it was so powerful and it made me tear up was they put a lot of different journalists in there. There were some Fox News journalists in there too. I saw Brett uh, Baer, I think his name is. Yeah, I didn't B-A-I-E-R. know who they were. I saw Anderson Cooper, that's yep. the only guy that So was... they had some CNN, they had some Fox News, they had some of the people that- um, Were killed. Were killed. And uh, Jamal Khashoggi, I think you say, how you say his name? I don't know. Which was that. really touching. And also the woman, I can't think of her name, but she's the woman who wears the eye patch. There was a movie done about Marie her life. Colvin. Yeah, Marie. There was a movie done about her life this year. Um, and so it was just kind of like bringing together all of these pieces, you know, local news and mm-hmm. the, the kind of news where people and, you know, people who are killed yeah, doing trying to job. get information for other people. Yeah. And for us, for anybody, I don't care what position you hold, to, to say, um, you know, the news or newspapers are enemies. I mean, it, it's... Um, An insult. It's kind of, it's, it's ignorant, yeah. you know, because that's, it's basically, you can say, I don't like what's written about me. Yeah. That's an honest thing. There's nothing wrong with saying that. But when you cat, when you throw them well, all in a bucket... And you talk about uh, a foundation of what a country's built on, freedom of the press. That's it. Like, that's a foundational value of this country. And why? Because it's information. So then we can choose. Mm-hmm. We, If we are just given, if the only thing we had were certain leaders telling us how things are, we wouldn't have any acts. We, we would just have to follow what was being said. And, and that doesn't mean that we're necessarily going against it. It means that we're being given all the information so we can choose. I had to... I, I, this is a little embarrassing, but I just want to make sure I knew which amendment it was. It's the very first yeah, amendment. It's, it's first so when amendment. these when these long haired dudes in seventeen seventy six or whatever were they knew. Like this is the most this is the first thing. Well, and here's what I struggle with. And I'm not even talking I'm talking about a bunch of different people who do this, who talk about their own First Amendment rights all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when there's something they don't like, they'll say they should shut them up. Yeah. There's this hypocrisy of like and, and I get it. Like, this is something, actually, Todd, you and I have struggled with this before, not between each other, but the conversations um, that we've gotten into about certain speech on campuses, on college campuses, yeah. or who's asked to speak. Or I remember there was something that the New York Times or that they hosted something where Steve Bannon was invited to speak and then the rest of the speakers dropped out. Yeah, so they disinvited him. They disinvited him. They And we get, it gets a little murky yeah. about like, we are starting to say you can't speak, but then I struggle here, which we've talked about already plenty of times, but to invite someone to speak who dehumanizes other people, I kind of have a line there. Yeah. But at the same time, um, and then the InfoWars guy, he's 
horrible. Mm-hmm. And he, they actually, Twitter and Facebook and, and a lot of his platform got pulled away finally. Yeah. But he could just go out there and say horrible things. And I'm like, wait, is this really freedom of the press? Mm-hmm. He's not the press. Yeah. Like it was, it gets a little murky. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we're not going to solve that on this show. We're not right. going to solve it. No, not today. We'll save that for next week. We'll save that for next week. What was your favorite commercial? So I had a bunch. That was one of them because okay. that's the one that made me kind of, tear up um and then i loved and we didn't even watch it again i loved the the commercial with all the football players oh, in yeah. the room and it was like some kind of you know white collar black tie yeah white collar black tie yeah do you call it white collar well white collar is like um you know white collar crimes but you're right ta- that sounds talking negative. about a black uh, it was black a black tie. tie affair correct um and they were all like a lot of them were retired some mm. of them weren't and then this guy reaches over to touch the cake, and so the football falls off of it. So all the everybody springs into action and starts like doing their position, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Yeah. And it I I could have watched that for a really long time. And some of the people I knew, yeah, and some of them I was like, who is that? Who is that? Yeah, and I didn't know all of them either. It was really fun to watch. Yeah. So what was that for? I feel like it was maybe the pregame on for the NFL. Oh, so it was an NFL commercial. Yeah, I think so. I liked that. Um, I really liked the um, Amazon ads with Harrison Ford and his dog kept ordering sausages yeah. and dog food. That was funny to me. Yeah. Only because Harrison Ford is a great straight man. Yeah, just seeing him talk to a dog is funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was laughing because he ran away, went up the stairs. Order more sausages. Um, and then my other favorite... Sweet, that's going to be the title of the podcast, Order More Sausages. <laughs> I just wrote it down. And then my last favorite was uh, Carrie Bradshaw and oh, yeah. um, the dude. Who's the dude, sweetie? The dude is the Lebowski. And so... Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That's right. So I kind of had to explain that uh, commercial to my children because they didn't understand... Because it start, they missed kind of the beginning, but you know, Carrie Bradshaw always dry, uh, had Cosmopolitans. So instead of ordering that, she gets a Stella, and then the, you know, the dude always got White Russians, and he got a Stella, and then the Dosakis guys. He Dosakis? Did we I figure think that he's out? Dosakis, the most interesting man in the world. Yeah, he got a Stella. So, and I think the whole thing about Stellas are contributing to water charity. Oh, really? That's the whole point of oh, it. Wow. And that's why they said it's a good choice. Mm. You know. If, it's the, gonna make change. The dude abides, sweetie. He did. So that was good. That's good for our generation. Uh, good. Um, but can I say one more thing? Uno mas. Enough of the AI and robot people, sweetie. They're coming to get us. Terminator, I, Terminator Part One, Two, and Three. How about about that? Like that robot child. It was so creepy. I don't remember the robot child. I was the, tired. The robot. It was for tax something, and the robot child wanted to be like a tax attorney or something. Oh yeah, I remember that. It's a little creepy. Yeah. Um. So should I talk about our partner or should we wait? Sure, go ahead. Um, so our uh, partner of the week is Impact Baseline Test. And this is where you need to go. BaselineTesting.com. Um, here's what they do. They measure brain function on this online test that I took when you're in a healthy state. So if, God forbid, you get a concussion, doctors have your baseline as a comparison after the injury. It's one of those things that you wish you did. Um, so it's one. Of, you just need to... It's like a rainy day thing. Like, do it just in case, God forbid, you get one of these things. And it measures your brain function through five game-like activities. Word memory, design memory, speed and color memory, uh, color match. Uh, it's for anybody ages from 12 to 59 years old. So if you're interested, uh, go to BaselineTesting.com 
and click on add to order and then click Zen 25 and it brings your price down from 20 bucks down to 15 bucks. So uh, that's the coupon code that they gave us. So if interested, um, I did it. I'm going to have my daughters do it because they're home from school today because it's too cold out in Chicago. Uh, so check it out, BaselineDestiny.com. Um, so now what do we have, sweetie? What's the, what's the topic? So um, somebody sent me an Upworthy article. Okay, so um, and it was about domestic violence, and and I, I I wanted to share this with everybody because it's kind it's the things that can impact how we treat issues and uh, like violence against women in our country that are done very quietly and kind of under the radar covertly. Yeah. And I wanted to share this just so you have an idea of how frustrating this can be as a human. I'm not going to say as a, as just as, as a, a human woman, because it should be upsetting yeah, to men. Too. It should be upsetting to men too. But, um, so basically just to kind of give you perspective, like a social work perspective for years and years and years, there's been a lot of, um, work done on redefining what domestic violence means because we, I, I actually dedicate in my uh, college classroom, a good week focusing on domestic violence and focusing on all the aspects of it. Like, it's not just about getting hit in the eye. Like there's all different kinds of, you know, and, and I will go through that and explain what that is. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of push, um, state level and federal level, to expand what domestic violence means because it's very hard to take someone to court or get any justice based on the definition that we used to have. Okay. Okay, because really that's what it comes down to, right? When you get into the judicial system, it's what is the description Mm -hmm. and does what you are talking about fit that description so we can actually either award a restraining order or whatever needs to happen. The purpose of the justice system is to protect somebody who needs help. Correct. And the, the... beauty of our judicial system, but also the challenge is language, Mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like how some people... It's the building blocks of what we're talking about. Exactly. And some people are constitutional, what's that word where they're like, it's word by word, literalist. Literalist, right. You know, like Scalia was a literalist, and I think um, the lovely Kavanaugh is a literalist. Um, And in others, like um, RBG is a little more like, how can we make this fit our society now because they could have never predicted what we'd be experiencing now. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and there, and people fall all over the place in there. Um, but so the, the, under the Obama administration, they, they expanded it. There was enough, um, lobbying done work done to finally expand the definition. And I won't read the whole thing, okay. but it was, I'll read you some pieces of it because it became super long. Yeah. And some pieces of it are we define domestic violence as a pattern of abuse, abusive behavior in any relationship. Mm-hmm. So it didn't specify man, you know, or woman. man or woman in any relationship that is used by one partner to gain or maintain power or control over another intimate partner. It can be physical, sexual, emotional, economic, psychological, threats of action or influence. It can include any behavior that includes manipulation, humiliation, isolation, terrorism, Uh, coercion, threatening, blame, injury, or wounding. Okay, and then that's just the first paragraph. Then it goes on to explain what physical abuse is. Each one. Each one. Sexual abuse, emotional abuse. And this is what I teach as a social worker is we have – it's kind of like um, consent. Mm -hmm. We don't understand what consent means. So that's why – because we don't understand it, that's why we can't deal with it. Because unless you understand something, right. it's very difficult to enforce something or to teach something. Mm-hmm. So economic abuse, so on. Okay, so in the psychological abuse, 
it, there's like a huge long paragraph about explaining how it affects people, how it, um, it you know, how it happens in same-sex relationships, opposite-sex relationships. Because there's people who think in same-sex relationships there can't be domestic abuse. Of course there can. It's Whenever just you a, got two people, it's possible. It's a power issue, yeah. you know? And um, so it, it it's just really long. Right. Well, in April... So this is... Uh, April of 2018. Yes. We are in February of 2019 right now. That's right. So without any formal announcements or media coverage, the Department of Justice that we have right now, so that would have been under Sessions at the time, um, in the you know Violence Against Women office, they changed the definition of domestic violence. So just so I know, like in your on your page of uh, under the Obama administration, how long it's was it? Two and a half pages. Okay. So now the definition. The new one is a paragraph. Ahead. Okay. The new one is a paragraph. It says the term domestic violence and it's in quotes. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Includes felony or misdemeanor crimes of violence committed by a current or former spouse or intimate partner. Um, by a person who the victim shares a child in common, by a person who is cohabitating, by a person similarly situated. It's like very, it's like 70s. It's mm -hmm. like talking about just marriage. Yeah. It's talking about how it's affecting the child. Um, the last sentence is, um, and this doesn't even make sense to me, by any other person against an adult or youth who is protected by that person under the domestic? It's it's like and read the first few words of the of the paragraph. The the term domestic violence includes felony or misdemeanor crimes of violence. But the whole idea of writing this is to be able to describe what it is. So it's kind of like using the same word in the definition to define the word. Thank you. That's what I mean. Like this is word jumble. Yeah. I'm reading it, going, okay, these are nice what words, but what is this? The last sentence of the paragraph. In an emergency, victims of domestic violence should call nine one one. Yeah, because that always works. And they can, and we can respond to these crimes. Individuals of need uh, who need non-emergency assistance can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. So, honey, that's our new guideline. And that did not, and that happened in April. Yeah. And now it's February, and we just we just were made aware of Somebody it. Somebody sent me the article. They were like, "Did you know about this?" And I was like, "I." And so, and the thing is, is the Upworthy article wasn't viral or anything. Sure. You know, it was only interesting to social workers, clinicians, people who actually work in this, you know, world. World. But I. So why are we bringing it up? Why we're bringing it up is because this is how things become challenging for women. Yeah. When we talk about misogyny or patriarchy, these are the kind of things that we're talking about is there was a time not so long ago, two years ago, where finally there was this description oh. of domestic violence that fit the truth mm -hmm. about domestic violence. Mm -hmm. It's not just about getting hit. It's about, that's a piece of it. Of course. But it's also about psychological manipulation, economic manipulation. What's economic manipulation? Where someone says, I'm not going to give you money right. for to live for or the kids. If you divorce me, then I'm good taking luck. everything. Because I've been working for the last 20 years. You've been chasing our kids around. And, and notice I'm not bringing up gender here. Right. It could go either way. It could go either way. So what? What options does that other partner have? There you get stuck. And that's the thing is you have to have this language so there is something to the, for the law to pull from. Yeah. And, you know, there has to be a, a consensus mm -hmm. on what does this mean? And, you know, we're talking about specifically domestic violence, but this is the truth for all 
laws. Like this is the the true, you know, truth for all descriptions of how people are treated right. and what our, you know, we think it's no big deal. Like we think, oh, it's just, it's just language or it's just words in a book. No, this is how we decide yes. how women are treated, how the LGBTQ community is treated. This is how we decide how people of color are treated. And when we don't have, when we when we write down word jumbles, it's very difficult to find well, things for to and protect. And the more, it kind of reminds me of the financial industry is that the bankers deliberately use complicated language exactly. to make things confusing. Yes. Because the more confused we are, the less power we have. Yes. And I feel like they're doing the same thing here. Exactly. And, you know, I think about who wrote this. Because you can, maybe there was a woman in the room. I don't know. See, I see. Right now, I'm making things up because yeah, I don't. I don't know, know. I really don't know. But it looks to me <laughs> as if there weren't a lot of women in the room. Yeah. Because this looks to me as if it looks protectionist. Yeah. Like, how do we keep this a little vague? Bunch of old white dudes. Um, in a room. So I wanted the other part of this that I wanted to read was. Uh, there was another article that Rolling Stone released a week or two ago, and it w- I don't know if all of you remember, but Kesha, you know who Kesha is, Todd? She's a singer. Um, what song does she sing? Well, she sings a bunch, but she sang TikTok, which she used to How like. How does that start? Uh, go on, be Diddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, First of all, it's not be Diddy. <laughs> brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Yes, you got it. What's that song? P Diddy, just for clarity. Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy, right? He did he, right? The he song changed is... his nick, nick, he changed his nickname a few times. Yeah, Puffy, Puffy Daddy, Puff Daddy, P Diddy. <laughs> um, what? How does that song start? Tick tock, come on. on. The clock goes up and it don't stop. Oh oh oh! I used to love that song. I actually that first album. I don't know. Well, we're in our mid thirties, but my friends and I had really good time with that first album. That was really good. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of it. All right. Hold on. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, whatever, Grab girl. my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm going to hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Because when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking pedicure on our toes, toes. Trying on all our clothes, clothes. Boys blowing up our phones. All right, there's Kesha. Dropped out. Yes. So Kesha. So the thing about Kesha is that album, TikTok and, you know, We Are Who We Are and all those songs that she used to sing. That's kind of the early Kesha, young Kesha. And what we young partying Kesha. Yes. And she was just young, period. You know, like she was in her early 20s and she had a producer named Dr. Luke. And she worked with him, I think, on the first couple albums. And finally, she ended up in rehab. This was, I don't know, two or three years ago, maybe four years ago. And everyone's like, oh, she's in rehab. And she was she had issues. She had an eating disorder, you know, a bunch of other things she was dealing with. And she finally, after going through that process, came through and said, I was sexually assaulted by my producer. Yeah. And here's not only was I sexually assaulted, but I was abused. This goes back to the domestic abuse thing. I was manipulated economically. I was told, because the other thing about um, domestic abuse, and I can say this personally, I I think I've shared on the show before, I was in a relationship that was um, emotionally uh, degrading Mm -hmm. uh, in my 20s, is they use language to make you feel less than. 
So then you feel controlled by them. Clever man- manipulators. It's very clever. It, there's a whole process to what an abuser does. And part of it is making sure that you, it's kind of like Dirty John mm-hmm. for any of you who, the reason I was so interested in Dirty John, I'm interested in all these shows. Come on. Let's Most just, people don't know what you're talking about. People know Dirty John, right? No. Okay. Dirty John is a podcast on the, it's, I think Wonderly put it out or no, the LA Times put it out. True story. True story. Came out a couple years ago. And then they made a TV movie about it yep. with Connie Britton. Yeah. And she was really good. And who is Dirty John? Dirty John is a guy who was a like serial manipulator. Yeah. And he was also a serial abuser. Um, and he... And he kept getting worse and worse as he continued on his Correct. Path. Correct. Like he was always abusive. He was always... Um, he, he always stole women's money. and um, But he... As he continued on within this last relationship before, I don't want to ruin the end, but it's a just, great ending. It's 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 worth unbelievable. It. It's an unbelievable. Speaking ending. of Todd, yeah, when I don't know when it was, but I I fell asleep when we watched the real version. Yeah. So just so everybody knows, after you're done with the fictionalized Acted version, version, right? They show you a one hour or two hour behind the scenes of the real people. Which was much more interesting to me. I could not believe they had the police video of yeah. Tara. Oh yeah. I was, I was, I, I think I was, Cameron was in there as I was watching it and I was like, cause we've listened to the podcast. I've watched the show. I've read all about Dirty John. And again, I'm totally interested in this stuff. These are people who are out there harming women, yeah. right? And these are also, it's, I'm interested in their psyche. Yeah. But to be able to see that moment yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah. How often do you get like video of something like that? That's why it was kind of nuts. Oh, it was nuts. So anyway, how did I get on Kesha. Dirty John? <laughs> Kesha. <laughs> but he, there's, it's an, he was an emotional abuser. Back to Kesha. Dr. Luke. Um, and she basically came forward and said, this is what Dr. Luke did to me. And all she wanted was I want out of my contract with him because he, I can't get better if you're forcing me to go back and make albums with the person who sexually assaulted me. Yeah. Well, guess what? Uh, he, she had to keep working with him. Correct. Or actually she didn't, she wasn't forced to keep working with him. She couldn't get out of the contract, which meant she had to not make music for a few years. Oh, wow. Because she refused to work with him. Yeah. Of course, he said he did nothing. Yeah, he's innocent. It was all her fault. Of course it was. You know, how was she dressed? uh, Yeah, how was she dressed? Think about her lyrics. Yeah. If she writes those lyrics, she must want these things. Yes. She's totally interested. So... Anyway, Dr. Luke has a history, and one of the people he has a history with is Lady Gaga, okay? Uh, I don't think she said that he's ever hurt her personally, physically, but that she knew that he had a reputation. So she's been kind of an advocate for Kesha. She spoke up via Twitter and, you know, through some other things, through other social networking when Kesha was being kind of dragged through the courts by him. And I think even Taylor Swift did too, eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of women spoke up um, right. for her. So, but what was interesting, the Rolling Stone article that came out the other day was Lady Gaga's deposition okay. got released. Okay, it, it became public knowledge. And I don't know why. I don't know how the law works. Maybe it's because now that this case is done, they can release it or maybe it was leaked. Who knows? But 
I read parts of her deposition and I was like, God, she's such a badass. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, because... this, so this was not meant to be made public. No. So she was just talking in a deposition. So you know what a deposition is, right? It's when you're, there's a couple of lawyers in a room and they're going to use it as evidence foundation in a court of law, I think. Exactly. Like here is, you basically have to, you know, raise your right hand. You yep. have to swear that you're going to tell the truth. Yep. You know, there's a good office episode where Michael's doing the deposition for Jan. I think I remember <laughs> that. What does he do? He just, he keeps going. He keeps telling different stories and then catching himself telling different stories. Anyway, <laughs> it's funny. So, um, she, he, she, so this was released and I was reading parts of these parts of this, and I want to read it to all of you because there's a reason why. Like Lady Gaga, I love her music, and obviously she was amazing in *A Star Is Born*, and I've you know always listened to her music. But there's a part of her that is beyond what she does as far as you know her work in music and acting. Right. She is an advocate for mental wellness. She talks about her own issues with mental wellness. She is an advocate for sexual abuse survivors. She is an advocate for the LGBTQ community. She is just a badass. Sweetie, she's on your badass vision board. She is. You have a virtual vision board of Lady Gaga, Sarah Silverman, all these other women that just have just no love them. fear. They just don't. And they're just like, and when I listen to them, you know, I feel like they're just saying, stop it. Mm-hmm. Like, enough. There's, and I'm sure they, they have their own fear of and all that. Of course they do. But I also... They are, she's afraid doing this. Of course. She's doing it anyway. She's doing it anyway. And something I will say about her is, for those of you who have seen her documentary, which is really good, came out a couple of years ago... She struggles with fibromyalgia, which is like a nervous system, like an autoimmune disorder. And it's super painful and she struggles with pain. And because of the amount she cares and because of the amount she gives herself away, it totally doesn't surprise me that she has fibromyalgia. And I'm sure she's into all that. Like, And I'm not blaming her. What I'm saying is that sometimes who we are in the world can impact our body. And she gives a lot. So- She's a giver. Let me just read um, a few things that they said, because it just gives you, like, I'd be so frustrated if I was in here with lawyers. So first of all, uh, they said, so, you know, Gaga recounted how the first time she met Kesha, the singer was only wearing underwear in the back of a studio. Like she kind of walked in and she was just there. And over the next few years, Kesha began confiding in her. She said, what we discussed was what I recall was her immense sadness, her depression and her fear. She was very visibly... Uh, different than when I had seen her previous to these times. And I can't say specifically what we spoke about. I just recall it was emotional and I know I needed to be there for her. So eventually Kesha told Gaga that she had been assaulted, uh, you know, sexually assaulted. And then this guy's lawyer asked Gaga whether she had witnessed it or had any evidence. And Gaga so let's, just, let's just back up. <laughs> There's a lawyer asking a witness if she observed a man assaulting another woman because all men, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and she said, and so it says Gaga fired back. Well, you know, when men assault women, they don't invite people over to watch. (laughs) I just love that Oh my God! because it is, it's like it, the question is so ridiculous. And again, I guess you have to ask it. I'm sure lawyers lawyers listening are like, this is what you do. This is the process. But from my perspective as the clinician, I'm like, this is crazy. So then Gaga added, and when this happens in this industry, it is kept extremely secret and it is compounded by contracts and manipulative behavior scenarios that actually include this very situation we are in right now. And then she, and then Gaga started to get really angry at the lawyers for questioning Kesha. And she said, 
I'll tell you what I have factual factual knowledge about, about her depression. I have factual knowledge of her need for love. I have factual knowledge of the spiral that I watched that girl go down. I have factual knowledge about trauma because I've had my own. I'm informed and intelligent. That girl mm. has experienced something serious. Mm. She's experienced trauma and she's in the middle of it right now. And you are all a party to it. Why on earth would this girl tell the entire world this happened? Why on earth? Do you know what it's like for survivors? Do you know what it's like to tell people? Don't you roll your eyes at me. You should be ashamed of yourself. Because you can Drop just, the mic. I know. And you can just see the people in the room rolling their eyes at her when she's trying to share something they don't understand. Yeah. This is what I mean about knowledge. I know there is a large majority of men and women who have never experienced this. Yeah. But when someone is telling you, here's what the experience is like, yeah. and you're like, no, it's not. Yeah. Oh, it just hurts my heart. Yeah, can there be a worse thing is not being believed something traumatic that happened to you? Like yes. It's like one of the worst things that can happen, I feel like. Oh, I think so, Todd. I think a lot, I think, a, you know, from women I talk to now, a lot of their struggles from their childhood is when they were brave enough to share something happened to them and nothing happened. Well, and just to kind of like, you know, we've done so many shows on Me Too and everything, and I am a uh, an accomplice to this. I remember telling you, and I'll tell the story again, when Harvey Weinstein came out, I said to you, how come Gwyneth Paltrow and Ashley Judd didn't come out earlier? And the answer is because nothing would change. Well, it's more than that. They could have lost their careers. Yeah. Ashley Judd pretty right. much did. Yeah. She got taken out of yeah. the Lord of the Rings yeah. because Harvey Weinstein's people, she was getting suited, like was in a, what's it called, where you're getting a costume design? Yeah. She was getting that done for Lord of the Rings and someone in Harvey Weinstein's side called, I don't know if it was said, Peter Jackson, but said, someone. Stop that. And she didn't get that job. Yeah. So this is a real, this is what we're talking about with domestic violence mm -hmm. and with what manipulation means. It's beyond... The physical abuse, which is bad enough for people who experience that, that's horrible. But there's also economic and manipulative and, you know, emotional. And it's just, I get a little frustrated about it, Todd. I know you do. I get a little worked up. I know. And I'm glad you do. Yes. And I'm so to everybody out there, you know, feel Kathy's energy and to the guys out there, you know, believe, believe them. Let's listen, hold hands. Listen. Let's listen. Yes. Because here's the thing. To me, it's kind of like talking about mental wellness and mental illness and spirituality. You and I have been doing this for so many years. I mean, I've been a clinician since my you know middle 20s. So talking about these things is so normal to me. It's so what I see every day. It's every woman I meet with, not every, that's too extreme. Majority of women I meet with have had some kind of... Um, abuse issue. Yeah. And so it's so normal. So when people are like, oh, that doesn't happen or we don't really, or it's no big deal to change the language or I, I want to be like, what? Like my reality gets so messed up. Well, once again, to the guys out there, we need to ask our significant others, if you're married to a woman, what their experience is and, and allow them to share. Cause I know a lot of guys that have never broached that subject with their wives. And it's an important question to ask. Now they may not want to tell you. I was going to say I, that but, doesn't mean, but tell me your experience if you're, if you're comfortable with it, because mm -hmm. if we're not, cause it's hard enough to bring it up. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we at least need to extend an olive branch to, um, to allow for that to, be passed through to be expressed exactly and sometimes this is true with parenting too do you ever what time is it toddy 
859. Um, it's true with parenting, too. Whenever your children are telling you a story like, my friend had something happen to her, or my guy friend had something happen to him, they their story may be true. It may be about their friend, but yeah. there's a reason they're telling you that story. Yeah. And so when your children come to you with stories that are like kind of dark or difficult or challenging that their friends are dealing with, you can focus on the friend initially, but then that's a door to say, have you ever experienced something mm -hmm. like that? Or do you know what that person's feeling? Yeah. Or I can't tell you how many times my girls have come to me and told me about a friend and it's led to a great conversation about them. It's the same with your partner. If your partner is struggling during the Kavanaugh hearings, yeah. why? It's not just because it's political, you know, dichotomy of I'm this way and you're that way. There is a reason. For most, it reminds them of something else. Exactly. Either a personal experience yep. or a collective, collective personal yep. experience. Or if they're struck, you know, there there's a reason why. And, and again, listening to our children, listening to our partners, it doesn't necessarily get rid of it all or heal it all or make sure you never talk about it again. But it opens it up and can dissipate some yeah. of that energy that that we are each carrying about our you know story because you know it it becomes so simple. What does every human being want? See me, hear me, understand me. That's all we want. Yeah. Well, and you know, not to get all deep on you, but I'm going through this Michael Singer course, and he talks about the energy flow, the flow, yes. and these traumatic things that happened are like boulders in this river of energy. Yes. And if we allow our partner to express something, it's like removing a small pebble or maybe a large boulder out of that river so to allow things to flow in a in a way that they're supposed to be right you know because something that happens uh, this it this I'm opening this wide up but we can talk about this more later but I just want to tell you the basics is sometimes when something happens to us that's traumatic we create a story about it so we can survive mm -hmm. so either our brain does it where we like compartmentalize we it, it and we put it somewhere or we've we turn the story around so we can handle it yeah. like it was my fault or you know it really wasn't that big of a deal like we may still talk about it, but we talk about it in terms like so many people who shared, who have shared their stories of sexual abuse or rape, they would just talk about like Amy Schumer used to do stand up about her experience of, she actually had a word for it. Like she would call it like kind of rapey, yeah. you know, until she realized, oh my God, mm -hmm. like she had, she was using humor to kind of process something and kind of beat around the bush around something that really happened to her. And so why talking about it with someone you love is helpful is it helps you figure out the truth about it. Yeah. Because especially if something happened to you as a child or when you were really young, you you don't know the truth about it because you think everything's your fault. Yeah. You know? So you either, like we said, you file it away, which is not good for your body, mm -hmm. or it ends up somewhere, like you said, where it gets stuck and you're like, you kind of believe yourself to be this like flawed human broken, being. Yeah. Broken, yeah, feel human like being. you're broken. So, you know, sometimes Todd and I go down these roads of like talking about such heavy topics, you know, like assault and domestic violence, and, and they are heavy. But you can also take some steps away from that and just recognize how even talking about the challenges of your work day or yeah. of your friendships or when your children are struggling with their grades of how they really just need to be heard. Connected, yeah. So when we talk about the connection is the primary 
necessity of all people. This is what we mean. It's not about, I'm just going to tell you I love you and now we're connecting. And connection starts with listening, full body listening. Exactly. Phone down, eye contact, hand on the knee, just something to, because the person, forget about the words. It's an energetic thing. My kids are experts at this. Mm-hmm. If I'm half-assing it, my kids are going to be like, either walk away or if I'm lucky, they're going to call me out saying, Dad, I totally know you're not paying attention to me. One of our me. daughters will actually say, you're not listening to me. Yeah. And and she's right. Yeah. And I'll have my, my, my AirPods in. Yes. Nothing will be going on. In, but what a dismissive way to try and connect with somebody. It's I struggle with the AirPods. I have them now. Todd, Todd got me AirPods for, for Christmas. And I struggle with them emotionally because Todd had them for a year before I got them. And your point is when they're in, sometimes it is dismissive. Or your cell phone. Like if you're having lunch with someone, this is Simon Sinek stuff. Yeah. When you're having your lunch with somebody, you will either have your phone in your pocket and, you know, God forbid it buzzes and you pick it up and Uh. look at it while you're talking to somebody. Or you try to be kind and courteous and you put the phone on the table and you put it face down down, so you can't see what's up. Like that's not good either. Turn your phone off. Right. Or if it buzzes, just don't, don't look. And that's well, really hard. This is, this is a, a, a continuum. This yeah. is a spectrum. Like the best thing is to turn your phone off. Obviously. The worst thing is to answer the phone when somebody calls. Right. And there's all these subtle little things in between. Right. So connection starts with being committed to the conversation. Like life is a one Big conversation, yeah. conversation with people we love, conversations with strangers, conversations in our own head, and you got to you got to be present when you're doing it. And my gosh, it's a it's not an easy thing to do in our society with the amount of distractions that we have. The amount of times I don't even want to know how many times I pick up my phone in a day because I think the phone will tell you. You know right? when you pick up your phone when it surprises me hmm. is when we're in movies. You always well, that's look because at your phone. of the kids. Ah. Uh, because I know you're not going to answer. Good point. So ah, I, I won. You, <laughs> I won. That, it's a good point because you're right. I don't look at and my phone. Because sometimes it's, it is from our kids saying, Pick me up. Pick me up or whatever. <laughs> We're in a and movie. be like, Sorry, <laughs> sit tight. Um, so I was going to say something about, oh, I had something good to say. Um, I'm tempted to play a Michael Scott deposition clip, but it's about that's what she said. And I don't know if it will... Yeah, it doesn't quite fit because okay. of what we're talking about. Okay. It just is for everybody on their own time. So let's close the show. Okay. Will you tell me at the... Am I? How am I doing? You're doing great. We're, I don't know not, what you mean. I don't mean in the show. I mean, I have to be somewhere. It's 906. So. Okay, perfect. Um, the conference, it's coming up. Oh, first we have a, a uh, sponsor, a silver level sponsor. It's about Erin McCarthy. That's my girlfriend. EKMphotography.com. Did she say she's ready for you to read this? Well, I pulled, she, she emailed me okay. stuff. She said it's um, And this is what she does. She creates aesthetically pleasing abstract art based on the nature Photography of Erin McCarthy. Her work has been described as having a peaceful or meditative quality, bringing some zen to your home or office. Okay, first of all, everybody just needs to follow EKM Photography on Instagram Mm -hmm. because what she does is beautiful. Erin is my good friend. She um, takes pictures for us, but she also creates amazing artwork. She's one of those women who can drive you crazy because she can do everything. Mm. Like she can sew pillows and she, her home is beautiful, aesthetically beautiful. Her, she just has that kind of creative 
She can do all those things. A little annoying. She, but she's not annoying. She's know, an kidding. awesome person. I love Aaron. Yeah, she's amazing. But the the thing is, is whatever she does is done well. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. And so now she's selling this artwork, um, creating this artwork, but obviously already selling it. And she was saying to me that she's finding the people who really like it the most are like yoga studios. We talked about putting it in kids' rooms. It's very calming mm. artwork. So follow her on Instagram, and then she'll be at the conference selling it. That's right. So. Um, speaking of the conference, we have Glennon Doyle, we have Abby Wambach, mm-hmm. Julie Lithcott Hames, mm-hmm. Devorah Heitner, mm-hmm. Jamal uh, Cole, Jamal Cole, Karen Brody, uh, Dr. Ali Solomon, and John Frickin Duffy, <laughs> and me and you, sweetie. So yes. it's going to be off the hook. Uh, March eighth, March 9th in um, Lombard, Illinois. It's going to be awesome. Go to zenparentingradio.com and. Uh, register. You know what's weird about this time right before the conference? We're so busy. There's so much to do. And we also have to focus on 2020, the conference in 2020. No, we're trying to put that together. It's weird. Like you're kind of like straddling both worlds. Like we got to get 2020 going, but 2019 hasn't even happened yet. I know. So it's, it's a crazy time. Um, Team Zen, it's a, uh, it's a virtual community, but we have a new tagline, sweetie. What's our new tagline? Our new tagline created by Kim is... Zero pressure, a hundred percent support. Because right. I can't sum it up any better than that. Because you can come and listen and ask questions, be a voyeur. You don't have to do anything, and you still get something out of it. And what you get is we do two Zen talks a month, which is a Q and A video conference call, whatever that a we Zoom do. Talk. Zoom talk. <laughs> Um, we have 50 archived Zen talks right now. So if you sign up today, you can actually, if you really wanted to work the system, sign up for a month, download them all and then cancel on us if you want. Why don't you not share that part? Because, because people are clever and they know, and I, I think of people having integrity. Uh, there's also a team Zen Facebook page and it also is the engine that kind of propels, uh, Kathy and I to do this weekly podcast. So we would love for you to consider signing up as a team Zen member. Um, and I'm going to let Lady Gaga close the show. Because she was an important part of this. Which uh, song did you choose? I'm, you'll, you'll find out. Hold on. All right. Aww. Sweetie, this is actually Allie. Oh, who's Allie? It's her character in A Star is Born. Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? I'm falling In all the good times I find myself longing Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, and get discounts on everything that we offer. Get your tickets for our annual Zen Parenting Conference on March 8th and 9th, 2019. Sweet. 
Get Your Brave On with Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambeck, Julie Lithcott-Hames, and Devorah Heitner, and enjoy a weekend in a warm and friendly environment of like-minded people. Tickets are available at zenparentingradio.com. Sweetie, it's going to be off the hook. I know. Um, interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. They're not your three books. Well, your three books. Thank you. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Um, guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? Good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, FaceTime, you choose. If you're in Chicago, contact me about the tribe. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And don't forget about our 2019 Unplug, Connect, and Transform Retreat. More, more on that later. Special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft, from Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support, Jeremy. Sweetie, he's a bald head of beauty. I know this. All right, everybody, keep trucking. See you next week. Adios. <laughs>